Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. March 8th, it's Tuesday. I'm Scott Pienowski. I'm going to be running point today. I'm your Maurice Cheeks. I'm your Luis Hurtado Jr. And I'm joined <laughs> by Andy Behrens and Dalton Del Don, men of mystery and men of taste, men of sports knowledge. We're going to talk about the NFL. We're going to try to make the league better. We're going to talk about some of the current news and, uh, you know, have some laughs, maybe get in an argument or two. Let me say hello to my friends. We'll start with Dalton Del Don. Aloha. What's going on, guys? How's it going? Good, good. Andy, what do you got for us, buddy? You got some track and field times for us? That was a that was a great shout out to Mo Cheeks, by the way. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I'm headed to uh, Winston-Salem this weekend for the uh, D3 uh, National Track and Field Indoor Finals. Excited about it. That's what we do. You know, we become NCAA groupies at this time <laughs> of year. I'm, I'm repping the B for Bryant, Bryant University, uh, Bryant College, wherever they call themselves, Bryant Bulldogs, who are in the NEC final. By the time you listen to this, they would have either gloriously triumphed over Wagner or fallen to the Wagner Seahawks for the first bid into the big dance. So um, that should be an exciting game. Let's talk NFL. And man, uh, the, the, I guess we have two big stories to, to start with. We'll we'll go to Atlanta first. I don't think any of us saw a big scambling scandal coming, but uh, Calvin Ridley apparently will be a no-go for the 2022 NFL season for betting on football last year. Um, the best, look, I, I don't we have to take this seriously. And, you know, Calvin Ridley was off the field last year for some personal reasons. And I, I certainly am sympathetic to that and have empathy for that. But there are some some great tweets about when the, when the suspension came down. You know, um, Sammy Reed, who's been on this show before, wondered, if he was he was betting on Kyle Pitts touchdown props, <laughs> maybe he was just sending it in every every week on that. Um, I don't know what to say about Atlanta. They look like a team that's in a rebuild. I don't know how much longer Matt Ryan's going to be a thing. I don't know if Patterson comes back or not. They were a mess last year. Uh, Andy, we'll start with you. What was your takeaway on the Ridley news? Yeah, um, first of all, if there was any thought to the uh, any notion that he might um, uh, get get the suspension reduced on appeal. He sort of buried that with a with a series of uh, social posts that uh, that all but, you know, not just acknowledged it, admitted to it over and over again. Right. So like he did it. It's super unfortunate. And I, I know there's there's been a fair amount of hand wringing about the NFL's partnership, obviously, with with legal sports betting enterprises. This is a player, you know, um, I would hope that people can understand that while it's perfectly fine for you and I and whoever else, most people in our audience to, to engage in legal sports betting, it is not okay for somebody who is an, who can influence games in some way or is an active, you know, employee of a team, a player. Obviously, it's not the first time it's happened in NFL history either. Um, Alex Karras, Paul Horning, like NFL Hall of Famers have been suspended for a season for gambling before. So there's precedent for it. It's not you know, it was unexpected, but it is, uh, again, it's, it's happened previously. It's, it's just another huge, weird blow to the Falcons. <laughs> you know, it, if he was a, if he was a trade ship in any way, that's gone. That's really unfortunate. Um, there's just, there's just no good that comes from this. And, you know, uh, I hope people understand, and I'll just make the point now, anybody who works in NFL media or fantasy media, we all have guidelines of what we can and cannot do. Yes. There's, there's certain DFS contests. We, we had to sign all sorts of disclaimers and there's certain DFS things that we can't do 
because we have to be transparent about this. Um, so that, that's part of our lives as well. Uh, Dalton, do you have anything to add about what's going on with Ridley and the Falcons? Just so surprising. This came out of nowhere. Atlanta has the thinnest wide receiver group now in the league by far. Um, on one hand, you know, it's a little annoying that he's going to get suspended for one year and there's some other crimes that players have committed that are just far worse and they receive far smaller penalties. But on the other, obviously, the integrity of the NFL. You can't have players betting on it. I mean, obviously, it's a, especially when we get more and more in, into gambling, integrated into the game. So I get that that's a, obviously a big no-no. It's wild, you know, just 1500 bucks <laughs> to lose $10 million because of it. But, uh, you know, honestly, in a serious note, this is going to be harder for him, I would assume, you know, to get over... The, the, he's dealing with mental um, issues and now he's going to have to take away the game he loves for a full year at minimum. I mean, that sucks. I mean, that, that issue sucks for him. I mean, I hope Calvin Ridley, I mean, this is going to be another hurdle he has to overcome off the field. And, that, you know, that's, 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 that sucks too. It's not uncommon for NFL suspensions to be reduced, to be altered. Do you think there's any chance, although he has admitted to what he did, that maybe the league could say, okay, two months is right, a month, three months. I mean, do you think there's any chance he gets on a football field in 2022? I mean, go to the pro football reference page for Paul Horning right now. Like he missed a season in in his prime Hall of Fame player uh, for for gambling on games. I don't know why it would get reduced, um, especially when he acknowledged every bit of it. The, the thing I failed to mention before, by the way, is we you know, this is related in some ways to the um, you know, we, we still have the ongoing issue with Stephen Ross. Right. Like um, that's that's kind of part of the same thing, the same integrity of the game discussion. If we had a, if we had an NFL owner who uh, was incentivizing his coaching staff to lose games, that is also an integrity of the game issue and should be punished as well. So I don't want to just like isolate Calvin Ridley here. There's a couple of big things going on. And I think we all feel as strongly about one as we do about the other. For sure. You know, it comes down to the the risk reward ratio. I, I, I don't know how well Calvin Ridley knew what he was doing, but I mean, whatever and look i'm i'm obviously as long as you have a healthy approach to it and don't bet money that you can't afford to lose i have no problem with gambling but you know it's just ironic that calvin ridley put 1500 dollars on the line and it may cost him 11 million which is a shame nobody takes joy in that you know i mean there's, there's no winner in that but the the game has to be we have to know the game is legitimate if the game isn't legitimate then you have you have pro wrestling basically yeah, and, okay. and, and there's a video out there of him being like the Acho put out there of him cutting back a lot. Man, I, they did not look very uh, guilty to me, man. That 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 part is is crazy too. I don't know if you have any comments on that's, that. But that's uh, someone that, who's that never seen Tyree Kill play, yeah. right? Like Tyree uh, right, Kill takes you, a backward yes, step on every insane. catch. It's just not yeah, that. It's that not was that insane. Unusual. Yes, that was insane. Yes, yeah. let's talk to Aaron Rodgers. We've done not much of that. Yeah, let's talk to Aaron Rodgers. So so after weighing. Offers from the Pat McAfee show, from Wheel of Fortune, from Jeopardy, <laughs> and um, I don't know who who know who knows what else. Uh, who else was pitching for Aaron Rodgers? He's going to stay in Green Bay, two hundred million, uh, fifty million per year. Uh, of course, they're going to restructure it, so somehow it ends up being more cap friendly. So I guess the Jordan Love experience will have to wait for a few years. Man, what a wasted pick that turned out to be. You know, Rodgers is frustrating for me because he's undeniably great. I thought he was legitimately the MVP in 2020. I would have preferred Brady or even Cooper Cup in 2021, but he's still great. Um, he obviously has just the one championship, just the one Super Bowl trip, which is, which is really shocking. I would think if Rodgers is staying in Green Bay that this, the next domino is probably somehow they find a way for Devontae Adams to stay because why would Aaron Rodgers want to be there if he had that receiving core minus Adams. Uh, Dalton, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you got for us on Green Bay? First of all, I just heard that stat about just one Super Bowl and uh, the other day, and I had to double check it. I was like, really? Rodgers only <laughs> appeared in one Super Bowl? That seems wild because he's in, he's in the NFC Championship game every other year, it feels like. So um, I had to, I'm going to have to burn my, my Broncos futures ticket I made immediately after the season, hoping that Rodgers would get traded there. Obviously, that's bad news. Jerry Judy just tweeted out, you know, a emoji with his uh, displeasure. So, uh, yeah, what is Denver doing? Passing on Justin Fields last year for a cornerback without uh, the assurance that, that Rodgers landed up there. The latest new rumor before we started recording is they're going to now push hard for Russell Wilson. I wouldn't hate that as a Niners fan. But, yeah, the Packers, more of the same. This is clarity on Devontae Adams. You can now draft him in the first round with confidence, almost certain that he will be back despite apparently just purchasing a home in Las Vegas. People were liking the old Fresno State connection with Carr. But yeah, I think it's going to be more of the same. We'll run it back for Rogers, and uh, yeah, at least we have some clarity now. Andy, what do you got for us? Yeah, I feel I feel like I'm the big loser here because I, I just I just want this guy out of the Bears division so bad. 
um, I'm ready for it. I could taste it. Um, and, uh, and, and four years is going to be no picnic. He's obviously deserving of being the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. No, no argument with that. He's the offense, right? Um, he's, <laughs> he's a little bit the GM too. Um, I assume that they're just going to make whatever moves, uh, leaves Aaron Rodgers content. Um, so, uh, Adams isn't going anywhere. Uh, if he wants to keep Randall Cobb, he can keep Randall Cobb, whatever, whatever other member of this cast of characters that he wants to keep, he can keep Adams is probably going to be my wide receiver one. And, and Rogers, obviously a top five fantasy receiver for fantasy quarterback for as long as he does it. We thought that this was going to be the biggest, uh, the, the biggest name in a, in a game of sort of quarterback musical chairs that might happen. You know, if he stays and Russell Wilson doesn't move, then this crop of quarterbacks that we thought might change teams gets a lot less interesting. And uh, a lot of teams that we might, you know, the Broncos first among them, the Steelers have some great receivers that, that we need to find a quarterback for. Right. Like there's there, there's not enough names to go around. I'm not not super excited about the prospect of. Jimmy Garoppolo landing with one of these teams that doesn't do a whole lot for me. Apologies. Coming off major shoulder surgery, coming off major shoulder surgery too. I mean, he's not even going to be ready for four months to even throw. So that's a whole nother wrinkle. I just have one hope here. I just want Gardner Minshew to have a starting job next year. I don't care where it's, where it is. It's probably going to be an eight and nine or nine and eight or seven and 10 team, whatever it is. I was thinking about this. Sorry to cut off. Think about what he did when, when the infrastructure at Jacksonville, yes, it wasn't the same coaching, but what his, what his numbers, what he did in Jacksonville, when you look at what Trevor Lawrence did, it's like, oh, I'd love. And then the one game he subbed in Philly, totally with you, P&L. Let's see what Minshew can do. Well, it's really it's really easy to imagine. Sorry, it's really easy to imagine him having a Ryan Fitzpatrick sort of career arc, right, where he starts out as as something of a punchline. And there, yeah, maybe there were some ridiculous moments a couple seasons ago, but that, that guy's, that guy's certainly a gamer. Um, I have no doubt that he's one of the 30 or 32 best quarterbacks alive. So sure. I'm, I'm perfectly happy to see him at the, at the controls in Denver and Pittsburgh, anywhere like that. Yeah. I mean, the, the Jaguars traded him away for a ham sandwich. I'd be fat, fine to see him in Carolina too. I don't know what they're going to do. Nobody wants to watch Sam Darnold anymore. I, I certainly don't. Let's talk a little franchise tags. Um, They've been handed out a few in the last couple of days, and there aren't that many big names, but I'll, I'll run through the uh, the seven names I have, or six or seven names I have in front of me. Dalton Schultz, the Cowboys tight end franchise tag, the Bengals tagged Jesse Bates, the Browns for some reason want David Njoku, which he'd just go somewhere else, but uh, Cleveland says, no, you're staying here. Chiefs, Orlando Brown got the tag, Chris Godwin. They're hoping to get a long-term deal done, but uh, the tag is there if needed. And always the interesting thing with Mike Gusecki, the tight end, they always want to say, hey, wait a minute, I'm a slot receiver. I want wide receiver money. The Dolphins are going to say, no, 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 you're a tight end. You get tight end money. I will start with you, Andy. Um, We're not talking about the stars of the league here, although the Godwin is a very good player, but there's talent here. Uh, Any overall takeaway from some of the early tags? Yeah, the most most surprising one to me is obviously David Njoku. Um, I'm not an NFL decision maker, but if I were, I like to think that I would, I would use my tags and I would allocate resources to players that I intended to actually utilize on the field. Right. And they just, they just don't throw that Joko a lot. Um, it's, it's only, it's only a year. Um, so it's not like you're locking up anything long-term with him. And oftentimes we see got, you know, and Joku is a, is an elite athlete, even by the standards of the league. So maybe you're thinking that, you know, sort of second contract, David and Joku can be um, really something special. It happens at tight end. So I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't dismiss that possibility, but I mean, it's really, first of all, it's a run first offense anyway. And secondly, this is a, this is a guy that might get, you know, I think in any typical game, we would probably forecast him for like three or four targets that does not necessarily scream franchise tag to me. I'm trying to remember the last time a tight end changed teams and did a lot. I know Gronkowski came out of retirement and had some moments with Tampa Bay. I feel like that's a different type of Ebron, player. But Ebron blew up. Um, yeah, he did year. have that one year. Um, obviously, Austin Hooper hasn't done a lot in Cleveland. Uh, Dalton, what do you got for us on franchise tags? I'm super interested in Dalton Schultz here. I mean, the uh, I really uh, the, it looks like Amari Cooper's gone from Dallas. Dak Prescott doesn't run anymore. I mean, Zeke is their starting running back there. Gallup's going to be coming off major knee surgery. Jarwin suffered this hip injury that he's already been ruled out for the start of next season. So, I mean, he may not be. It's some rare injury that football players have rarely recovered from. So, Dalton Schultz quietly had 78 catches last year. I'm in a best ball draft right now. He still went in the eighth round in a full PPR league. 
I, I love this setup here with, with Dak Prescott, another year removed. He is no longer a runner. And I mean, maybe CD, uh, Cedric Wilson is a free agent too. So with Cooper gone, Gallup returning from major knee surgery, no Jarwin, Schultz in that offense, if he's still being treated outside the top five tight ends, I mean, I could see him. He, last year, he finished number five in points per game and number three overall. I mean, that was last year. So I, I really like Dalton Schultz setting up for him next year. Yeah, other than that lousy first name, a lot to like about Dalton <laughs> Schultz. Isn't it <laughs> that funny too, that the Cowboys, I believe they were the highest scoring team in football last year, but the only fantasy player who produced a profit, some of them had a, had fine seasons. I mean, C.D. Lamb didn't lose your league for you, or Dak Proscott didn't lose your league for you. you know, because Zeke showed up, he got volume points. But the only player you really made a profit on was Dalton Schultz. Yeah. I think it's going to be, again, if he still lasts in the mid-rounds. I, I think he'll be treated, though, come draft season. He's going to be uh, top five, top three. I mean, it looks like the setup's really, really, really strong for him. I'm curious if you guys have anything to say about Godwin. There's another team. We mentioned you know Denver and, and Pittsburgh and Carolina. I don't know what the Bucks are doing at quarterback. And they have Mike Evans, Hall of Fame trajectory. Chris Godwin you know, is certainly a star. They have other talented players on that offense. But if you don't have a quarterback, man, it can unplug things really quickly. Uh, how do you guys feel about Chris Godwin? What round? I, it's crazy that people are drafting right now, but I mean, w- when would you feel comfortable taking Chris Godwin? Dalton, I guess we'll start with you. I'm not comfortable at all. That was a late season injury. Who knows who's quarterbacking right now? Their depth chart reads Blaine Gabbert, Kyle Trask. Uh, so no, I no. where he's going. And I see people still, you know, treating him uh, pretty aggressively. So no, I'm, Chris Godwin is a guy I would stay away from in, in a draft right now today. I've no, there's no clarity of the quarterback and he's coming off a major injury. Andy, any interest in Godwin or for that matter, any interest in Mike Evans? Yeah, I feel, I feel the same way. Um, you, you know, I, I feel like we've already, we've talked about the bucks on the, on the pod before. I mean, that thing gets ugly in a hurry, right? We, we don't know who's going to be in the backfield. Um, <laughs> you know, both, both Fournette, a free agent, Ronald Jones, a free agent. Um, Mike Evans is like the last man standing. You, you've got this huge downgrade at quarterback coming, no matter who comes in. And it could like it could get bad. Um, this is another spot where I, I guess if you have some sort of long term dynasty investment in Evans and Godwin, you're hoping it's a, it's like a Jimmy G type. It's probably not going to be any better than that. Um, so I'm I'm with Dalton here. The 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 late injury um, plus the uncertainty at quarterback. Although we could say there's at least a, a level of certainty that it's not going to be a great situation at quarterback. Um, probably puts him on my if not a do not draft list. Then it's it's somebody that I would just take obscenely late. Man, what a what a clown car that division is all of a sudden. Where it feels yeah. like everybody's rebooting, right? And Carolina needs to figure out what they're doing. Atlanta, you know, Ryan probably on his last legs. They just lost Ridley. They had a disappointing season. Tampa Bay loses Brady, and there's all this other uncertainty there. And it's the first year after Sean Payton in New Orleans. You know, they don't have a, a sure plan at quarterback. I, this could be a case where it, it's going to be one of the wild card teams in the NFC could be better than the NFC South champion, right? And it'll be like, oh, why are the Saints getting a home game when they went eight and nine or nine and eight and, and eked into the playoffs? I, I, obviously, a lot's going to change. You know, the, the free agency and the draft, and then some players will get hurt and stuff like that. But uh, for you know, for a division that the Bucks won the Super Bowl two years ago, and the Saints were always in the playoffs so much, the Falcons went to a Super Bowl. I, it just seems like nobody here is really close to doing anything special. I am- Divisions should be scrapped. For playoff seating. Sorry, division should be scrapped. We'll get to the czar yeah. stuff, but division should be scrapped for playoff seating. Go ahead, Andy. Sorry. I am I am open to Gardner Minshew going to the Bucks. by the way. I'll just throw that out there. He'd be the best quarterback in the division if he does that. And I'm glad you mentioned uh, scrapping divisions for playoff seating, Andy. Uh, Dalton, I mean. Because now we're going to get to the football czar part of the program. I'm not sure how fantasy-centric this is, although I may try to squeeze a couple fantasy things in at the end. A few weeks ago, I just went on Twitter and said, okay, I'm NFL czar. I get to change all the rules. Everybody has to follow my lead. And by the way, this is what baseball needs. They, they need P&O to come in and be baseball czar for like 72 <laughs> hours and fix everything. We're still on waiting on that. I'm waiting for some callbacks. But in the meantime, if they gave me the, the, the golden you know, power, whatever it is, the scepter, you know, the little hat that's sitting the throne, this is what I would do. I'm going to throw out my ideas, and, and you guys can tell me if they're good, if they're bad, if, if you agree with them, if you have a tweak on them. Uh, I guess we'll start with Dalton to go first, and we'll ping pong back and forth on the second one. Andy can go first. The first thing I would do, I'm NFL czar. I make all the rules. We immediately go back to a 16-game schedule, but we'll play it over 18 weeks, 
and every team will get two buys, and one of those buys will be tied into Thursday night football. So teams will be more rested for the Thursday night game. Uh, Dalton, tell me what a great idea that is. I'm cool with it. You're not taking away any football from me because it's still 18 weeks. So I mean, because I obviously we all are junkies. We like more action. But yeah, it seemed like too much for the players and two buys makes too much sense. So uh, no, no pushback for me on this one. I'm cool with it. It's a fantasy headache, right? Managing around an extra buy would be a slight fantasy headache. But the the quality of play uh, in particularly in the in, in these island games, right, would improve, which I appreciate hate the thing where I, where I've got to worry about a worry about a team that, you know, basically anybody injured or moderately injured coming into a Thursday night game is almost guaranteed not to go. That's a huge pain. Um, so I, I like it from a, from a player health standpoint, I dislike it a little bit from the fact that I will, I will see, you know, uh, the entire NFL landscape as a fantasy manager who now has to deal with an extra buy, but I could deal with it. Yeah. I don't mind it. And it's inherently unfair to have one uh, extra home game. Half, you know, half the league has one extra home For game sure. than the others right now. It's just super wonky. Okay, sounds like we're all in agreement that we could make that work, even though it would be a little bit more fantasy jostling. And I, look, I think bye weeks are good for fantasy because it we have to it show it gives us more decisions to make, and the more decisions you make, the more true your fantasy champion is. So that wouldn't bother me at all. If we make I'm sure that second. we're expanding fantasy rosters by like one bench spot, I'd feel better about it. So noted. This next one uh, goes out to producer John, who's a San Diego guy. And again, I'm I'm football czar. I, I can't. I know there's a lot of reasons why this is never going to happen, but you know, you've given me absolute power, and so I get to do whatever I want. The Chargers immediately go back to San Diego. L.A. doesn't care about them. The Rams just won the championship. The San Diego had a choice, right? And the idea was, okay, do we pay for a stadium for this rich guy, or do we, you know, say no and then run the risk of him spitefully leaving? San Diego did the right thing. They voted down the state, at least what I think is the right thing. I guess people could disagree on that. They didn't pay for the stadium. And then Spano said, okay, screw you. I'm heading up the coast. I'm I'm going to LA. I'm going to do like the Clippers did 20 or 25 years ago, whenever it is. So I'm the czar. I said the Chargers go back to San Diego. Again, again, this will never happen in real life, but it's my make-believe world. Andy, do you agree? Yeah, see, Scott, like you and I, I feel like have um, a big part of our football fandom is sort of rooted in like that Chargers Raiders rivalry back in the day and it's Jefferson and Joyner and Winslow and Muncie and Fouts and like those those are the Chargers that I sort of grew up on and so I appreciate San Diego as an NFL city I I don't know that San Diego always held up as an NFL city there were certainly plenty of times where Steelers fans would overwhelm it and uh, all of a sudden Philip Rivers had a difficult time communicating with his offense on the field because it was it, the visiting crowd was too loud in the home stadium. Um, I don't like. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's a given that San Diego needs a team. I do think the Chargers could be up for grabs. Um, I think it's a mascot that travels, right? Like I don't know. You put the Chargers in St. Louis, and that makes as much sense as it does in San Diego or Los Angeles. I feel. I feel like maybe there should be open recruitment of the Chargers. Dalton, what do you think? You would have saved Philip Rivers some commute time had this happened. Yeah, I still probably call them San Diego Chargers uh, from time to time accidentally. I love the city of San Diego. I wouldn't push back to this. L.A., I mean, the Rams just won the Super Bowl, and they still, you know, barely had dozens of people on that parade show up. It's a great stadium, though. But they have the Rams, you know. So, yeah, Justin Herbert deserves more attention. He deserves a rabid home fan base. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm cool with with them moving. And and I love San Diego. It's a great city. So, so sure, no pushback. And maybe part of what's weird about this is that they go to L.A., nobody cares. And all those problems about the Chargers getting overwhelmed by the visiting fans, that's a huge problem in L.A. I mean, I'm still sad that the Raiders moved to Vegas, but at least Vegas wanted the team and they enthusiastically support it. And Vegas has immediately become a good NFL market. You know, so I I don't that takes some of the sting away of the Raiders, who we all, you know, again, a team that's bounced around. They were the Los Angeles Raiders for a while. They went back to Oakland. I still uh, every once in a while, a couple times a year, I'll refer to the Oakland Raiders. I just can't help it. I, I mean, I grew up with that. But at least Vegas has proven to be a bona fide NFL market. So I, I just maybe I just hope the Chargers can find a, a city that will love them. Yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. That's the breaking news. The breaking news sound effect I just came up with. We have gigantic breaking news. Uh, Dalton Del Don wanted this to happen. He's got it. Russell Wilson apparently is departing the NFC West, according to Adam Schefter. And this is all pending a physical and Russell Wilson signing off on this. 
Russell Wilson has been traded to the Denver Broncos. I don't have Jerry Judy reaction yet, but man, what a division now. If that if this goes through, if the physical passes, and last I checked, Russell Wilson was in pretty good shape. If Russell Wilson wants to leave, and why wouldn't you want to leave Seattle with the infrastructure crumbling? He would go to the Broncos where you'd have Patrick Mahomes and KC, Justin Herbert with the Chargers. Go back to San Diego, please. You'd have Russell Wilson with all those pass catchers in Denver and, and even Derek Carr and the Raiders. They were a playoff team last year. What a fun division. Andy, I'll get your first pitch on this one. Um, man, we just found out about this, you know, 50 seconds ago from producer John. Russell Wilson, Broncos, go. Yeah, so uh, rough news uh, short term for the for the Seattle receivers, obviously, who were already tied to a weirdly low volume passing offense. And now they don't have Russell Wilson. So that's a big hole that needs to be filled. This is great. Clearly, no question about it for Sutton, for Judy. Um, Russell Wilson, we know, can support, you know, more than one startable every week. No question about it. Fantasy receivers. Uh, it's really exciting. We the you know, if there was an issue with Russell Wilson last year, it was the it was the huge drop in uh, in rushing yards. Right. He rarely looked to run, um, didn't do it particularly often, didn't do it particularly well. We probably no longer think of him as a as a dual threat quarterback, um, but I don't he's got a couple of great receivers here. He goes from just an absolute gauntlet in the NFC West to just an absolute gauntlet in the AFC West. It's it's a really fun division. Um I'm I'm looking forward to years of Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert, years of Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes. I think it's really fun. Uh, obviously, this is something that perhaps the the Broncos had lined up waiting for uh, an Aaron Rodgers decision. It still leaves some really good receivers in Pittsburgh without a quarterback. It now leaves a couple of uh, upper tier receivers in Seattle without a quarterback. But whatever. It's really fun for Denver. You know, last year I said that the NFC West was my favorite division and you could put as many of those games as you wanted to on Sunday night, standalone, or, or even like you know, the, obviously the late window games, there's fewer of those on Sundays. I just was could not get enough of NFC West football last year. And, and man, I'm, I'm jacked. This is the NFL, man. It, it's just so great. It's a 12-month news cycle, right? I mean, we're so far away from even the NFL draft or training camp, let alone real games. And I'm just jacked to see to see Russell Wilson trading haymakers with Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes twice a year. And again, I don't want to shortchange the Raiders. They were just a playoff team. Uh, Dalton, give us your two cents on this breaking news. Wilson is now a Denver Bronco. This is wild. Uh, well, on one hand, uh, I'm, I'm not loving my DK Metcalf in the third round pick in this aforementioned <laughs> best ball league as much. But my Broncos Super Bowl futures ticket is back live, <laughs> fellas, with Russell w Wilson there. Uh, I I mean, one concern is, was Jerry Judy going to be part of this deal? We have no clue who's involved here, but theoretic, I would think Seattle's still loaded at receiver. Hopefully Denver just included draft picks here and they keep all those weapons there. But if Melvin Gordon does not return and now you have Russell Wilson at quarterback, Javante Williams will be, uh, you know, top five instead of back into the first round uh, fantasy pick. And yeah, bad news for Lockett, Metcalf, and where does Rashad Penny land? But um, yeah, wild news if, if, if this actually does become completed and I, I can't wait to see the details we've seen this story before i mean the broncos went for peyton manning when things that he kind of you know, run its course in indianapolis and then they had uh, the 55 touchdown season and then they had the weekend at bernie's year where manning was pretty much done but the defense <laughs> was so great by then that they, they won a championship so manning got think of how eli manning would have just roasted his brother for having two rings to his one and then you know peyton got the second one he had very little to do with it but Peyton beat Cam Newton in the Super Bowl, went off triumphantly. Now we have Wilson in Seattle. This is great, man. This is just exciting. It's fun. I would think, I don't know what the, um, and, and producer John Jumpin, if you know what the um, compensation is, I would think it's heavy It's heavy on draft picks that Seattle's going to try to rebuild. I also wonder if this encourages Pete Carroll maybe to, to step out. You know, if he sees a losing situation for a few years at his age, maybe he'd want to just relax, retire, do some announcing work, you know, and not grind it 24-7. But I don't know. I don't know Pete Carroll personally. I don't know how he's thinking, but it's exciting to finally see the Broncos have a real quarterback because we've loved the skill talent there, all those great receivers. And I guess the only other thing that would make us happy is maybe to get Melvin Gordon out of town. Not that he's a bad player, but I think we'd love to – Javante Williams would probably be a top 15 pick if we could maybe get that backfield down to one guy.
This is fun. My wife's getting in the background, making sure we know this news, uh, pointing it out. Yeah, this is pretty funny. Right in the middle of recording this. This is a blockbuster deal, man. This is wild. That's this is crazy, man. That's and uh, so I take back saying giving Denver such a hard time. Maybe they did have a, a backup plan all along. They knew they had to address this QB position. Wow. What a blockbuster. I'll, I'll say one other thing. Um, we you know, and this is something we talked about in the lead up to the Super Bowl, even though even though the Bengals are so young and they have so much money to spend, right? And Joe Burrow's a kid and, and Chase is a kid and like every, everybody's really young there. Man, the AFC is so stacked. Um, the Broncos now with Russell Wilson are a clear, like, I don't know, are there eight, nine clear Super Bowl contenders in the AFC? This is this is absolutely obscene. Like, um, you know, we, we talked about this with reference to Burrow is like, is Justin Herbert never going to get to a Super Bowl? Is Mahomes not going to get back? Is Lamar Jackson not going to get there? Is Josh Allen never going to get there? Like, this is an incredible collection of quarterbacking talent that is that is heavily tilted toward the AFC right now. I have this bad feeling that Carson Wentz is going to be the next Seahawks quarterback. I just, it just flashed into my mind and I'm trying to delete that wow. image. I mean, even, even Frank Reich kind of gave up on Carson Wentz. So once he, once he lost Frank Reich, what does that tell you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jerry Judy just tweeted, Oh, we lit with a fire emoji. So I'm assuming he's uh, staying in Denver. Uh, any thoughts on Geno Smith, maybe being the next Seahawks quarterback? We're excited about that. <laughs> maybe they'll make a trade. I don't know what Seattle's going to do. That's well, a, they're they're in rough spot. I will say Seattle, man, with their Arizona. It looks like Kyler Murray put all his uh, his Arizona Cardinal stuff back on social media today, and obviously Trey Lance is starting a you know a ten years uh, juggernaut uh, uh, fan <laughs> there. And uh, the Rams just won the Super Bowl, so that Seattle roster is uh, yeah, that's that's a tough one for them in that division. I know the Buccaneers said that they would aggressively block this, but I'm still hoping that Tom Brady, you know, that one off in the sunset year in San Francisco can happen. It would be perfect. Maybe Lance needs another year to learn. He can learn under Brady. They have all the great skill talent. And, you know, Arizona looks like they're a mess right now. Seattle's obviously they're unplugging and, and rebooting. So, and the Rams just won. I mean, you know, regression after a Super Bowl win is kind of natural. So if, if I know the Buccaneers say they're not going to let it happen, but I would love to see Brady play one. I think still think Brady's got a lot left in the tank. He played it. He could have easily been the MVP this past easily. season. Yeah. And that transitions back to, you know, whatever, Russell Wilson's nice talk. But let's go back to the P-Now Football Czar. <laughs> That's why you're here. And this next thing, this next thing I'm very passionate about. You know, I talked about the Chargers going back to San Diego. That's not going to happen. This next thing could happen someday. I think it should happen someday. And it's two-tiered. I've, I've talked a little bit about MVP on this show. They need to overhaul the MVP award in two ways. One, switch it to most outstanding player. So we don't have this treatise on what does valuable mean and who moves the spread and who doesn't and you know, what player would you want to eliminate from the opposition and how bad would the team be if the quarterback gets hurt. I'm just sick of those discussions. If if most outstanding player were the award, I think Cooper Cup would have won it easily this year. I think we all would have felt good about that. J.J. Watt was probably the best player in the NFL of the year. He was up for MVP, but a lot of times people don't want to vote for defensive players. So let's make it most outstanding player. Some other sports do this. They do it in the college basketball tournament. Nobody would mind. Also, let's have the voters vote for, I don't know, three guys, five guys, something like that for a couple different reasons. For one thing, I think the voting would be a little bit more true. And also what you get, you get this in like in baseball or basketball where you have a multi-tiered, um, a tiered MVP ballot is you get this wonderful snapshot of like 25 or 30 players get named on the MVP ballots. And then it's a descriptive snapshot of the season. Now, the way the NFL works now, you just vote for one guy, and coming in second in the MVP doesn't really – if somebody gets like 47 votes and one guy gets like one, he could be like the second place you know, MVP guy. It doesn't really mean anything. I, you don't have a results grid that's descriptive of the season. If we go to best of three or best of five on a, on a grid, that gives you something about the season that it's a snapshot. It's a takeaway. We, I love looking through old MVP voting in different sports and getting that snapshot. The NFL doesn't have it. Uh, Dalton, tell me how great this idea is. So I think uh, when baseball people can galaxy brain what valuable means, and I just treat it like the best player. I don't care what the other, um, what their team's record was. Football is totally different, and 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 quarterback is just it might as well be treated differently. I agree with you. It's a different position. The, it's the most important position in sports. Every year, the top eight players should be most valuable. Will have to be by default quarterback. But it's not really fair. And seasons like this year with Cooper Cup should be recognize so i'm with you here let's just change the definition here or separate the two because quarterback is just the sport is just different when it comes to football when, when compared to the others now andy we know chicago is nowhere close to having a, an mvp or an mop but uh what does <laughs> chicago say about this 
Yeah, Scott, you, you know I agree with you fully on this. We, we've discussed this before. I, I have to think that the original intent, that the true spirit of the award was always a, a most outstanding player award. I, I hate that the NFL currently has that as like a consolation prize, right? Um, it doesn't. It doesn't have the. It doesn't have the meaning, obviously, of MVP. But I, I hate that they've set up MVP as a literally a best quarterback award, which is what it is now. We already have one of those. That's you know all pro first team quarterback, right? We don't need a second one. Um, I think Cooper Cup would have clearly been the choice this year for most outstanding player. I think that's what it was intended to recognize. And so yes, I. I absolutely, uh, I absolutely fully support this. And I like the point that you make about um, allowing voters to choose, I don't know, five guys, 10 guys, whatever it is. That becomes an important part of the Hall of Fame discussion for baseball players, right? Whether you win an MVP or not, how often are you top five? How often are you top 10? Um, That matters. It's, it's interesting. um, You know, it's important, it's important to look back historically and, and see how players were recognized in their time. I think it's really meaningful. I, I, I couldn't endorse this stronger. That's a great idea. Uh, just pointing out great observation of how it's tied to legacy. And um, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this NFL. If, if anybody who's listening actually has some sway on this, you know, take my idea. You don't have to credit any of us. It's fine. You're listening to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Scott Pianowski running point with Andy Behrens, with Dalton Del Don, with producer John. It's been a big news day. Um, the Aaron Rodgers contract has gotten done. Russell Wilson is going to Denver from Seattle. And I guess Drew Locke is part of the deal going back to Seattle so they can have a a great battle between Locke. I I assume Geno Smith is under contract there. So that should be loads of fun as those two questionable guys go at it. And questionable ties into my next NFL czar thing. We're we're talking about how P&L would improve the NFL. Again, if you want our thoughts on Rodgers, you want our thoughts on Wilson, that's earlier in the podcast, check that out. The injury report, okay? At some point, I don't know, three, four years ago. They got rid of probable. Everybody's questionable now. And then we have to read between the tea leaves. Is he questionable but closer to probable? Is he questionable but more like doubtful? Just bring back probable back. Probable worked. Probable means you're, 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 you're dinged up. You're likely to play. Questionable is when you legitimately had a question about the person. I don't know why they got rid of this. And in the light of the Calvin Ridley news, the NFL knows it needs transparency with news it needs transparency with injuries. I think having a more specific injury report, and I know coaches are always trying to lie about it or mislead you or whatever it is, but I think bringing probable back would make gambler's life easy, easier. It would make fantasy life easier. It, it, they broke, they fixed the problem that wasn't broken. I don't know why they, they went that route. Uh, Andy, what do you think about the injury report? And do you miss the probable tag? First of all, I'm I'm disappointed that Drew Locke didn't get the breaking news sound effect that we just introduced <laughs> a little while ago. That's too bad. I think I think he's certainly deserving of it. Secondly, yeah, kind of misprobable. Um, I don't understand why it went away exactly. It it just uh, made things that much murkier. It was always kind of nice, you know, back in the day to see probable. Like if you had to have an injury designation next to a player, it was always kind of nice to see it. Uh, as probable that reporting of injury information is so weird to me now because we, we have transparency basically on Sunday morning, right? Because you get this news dump from, from Rapp and Schefter, you know, basically in the overnight hour between Saturday and Sunday telling you uh, uh, almost without fail, who is going to play among the questionables and who is not going to play or who is a true game time decision. All that. That's just weird. That's just weird that so much is on the social feeds of two guys going into going into every Sunday. It's nothing like it used to be back in the day. Like you played fantasy back in the 90s when you had to get a lineup in to a commissioner and then couldn't change it on like a Friday or a Saturday or something like that. Uh, and you were really sweating these questionable tags. Um, that was that was a bit of a nightmare. So I actually kind of feel like fantasy managers have it easy today. But I don't I don't I, you know, I don't mind if probable comes back. I liked probable just fine. OK, Dalton, give us your uh, injury report. Take. I don't have a t- ton to add on this one. Um, I think the counter would be that everyone who was listed as probable always played. But I, I'm with you. It'd be nice for some clarity on which side of questionable is that player. Is he on closer to doubtful or is he probably going to play? So sure, I, I would like. Yeah, it didn't make any sense why they removed probable. I don't even know what their reasoning was behind it. The next idea I have to make the NFL better. And this is something I think has a chance of coming true. NFL Sunday ticket is part of our lives and they have that box where you can watch four games or, or eight games. I think there may be a six game box. 
And it's always the games that they choose. A lot of times you'll see the one o'clock hour will come around. There's nine games and they have to decide which game they punt. And sometimes they, the game they punt is a game. I'm like, wow, I actually want to watch that game. I want to see this be customizable. And we know that in the next year or two, I don't know exactly when the timetables are, but there's going to be other players in the space for the NFL Sunday ticket package. It may eventually become a streaming package. It may be something that goes to Amazon or, or Netflix or who knows what. New Disney may bid on it. So I'm just asking for customizability. I, I We live in an on-demand world. Why can't I decide, okay, I want these four games on this box. I got to figure we're really close to this technology. I, I don't know specifically that. I'm just assuming that we're getting closer to it. So uh, Dalton, what do you think? Wouldn't it be great to be able to customize our viewing experience and watch the games that we want to watch, make our, our house literally our own sports bar? Yeah, this one's by far my favorite of your suggestions here. I believe this is the final year DirecTV has a Sunday ticket. It'll almost certainly go to a streaming service, and this drives me crazy a lot. Well, this also ties into another one that I know you'll love, P&L, but they should stagger the slates better. It's just infuriating when there are nine games in the morning at 10 a.m. for us West Coasters, and then three or two in the afternoon at least at minimum, make it to where you can get eight in that game mix because that is the best way to, to, to watch yeah, all, all at once in front of you there. So yes, you should be able to pick the games and if you wanted to even make the boxes bigger, yes, four or six and then the boxes get bigger and there's a lot of wasted space on there too, DirecTV. So that whole experience could absolutely be improved and it's, yeah, it's 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 important and it's, you're going to have all your games on at once. Let's at least make that experience, uh, you know, optim- optimize it. Andy, take us behind the curtain. How do you view the NFL on Sunday? What what do you have? One TV, two TVs, five TVs. What are you doing on a Sunday? Uh, yeah, I've got a laptop fired up. I've probably got a phone fired up. I've got a main game fired up. But I'm not like I can't process eight games simultaneously. <laughs> like that's not happening. I've got Red Zone somewhere, and then I've got the Bears game somewhere, and then I've got you know a, a secondary game that I'm that I'm watching. And then I know I think that four might be the sweet spot. I think having four games on is something you could legitimately pay attention to all of them without being a little bit too frazzled. Yeah, I I don't know how anybody can number one. I don't know how anybody could possibly disagree with your idea here. Um, also, I don't know why we don't already have it. I mean, the the trend in basically all content, all media has been highly customizable, tailor it to the user's interests, specifically to the individual user's interests. I don't know why we're not there already. I'll just mention uh, quickly, and we don't need to talk about them before we talk about some fantasy stuff. Some other ideas I think I'd like to see. I want the broadcast to be more poker style with their analysis, where they're talking about percentages, game theories, you know, team goes for it in fourth and one. How do they stand in fourth and one, you know, conversions this year? What's the league average? Stuff like that. I think we're getting there as it is, but we can do more with that. I'd love to go back to six playoff teams with the two buys per conference. That was a perfect setting. It's not going to happen because toothpaste doesn't go back in the tube and leagues like playoff inventory. They make more money that way. So I understand why that's not realistic, but I love the old playoff format. I would try to fix pass interference. I don't see why it always has to be a spot foul. I would give them, give the officials options. Remember we used to have the face mask rule. It could be incidental face mask or the full on face mask, five or 15 yards. We have running into the kicker versus roughing the kicker. I would love to try one year of pass interference where you let the officials make a judgment call. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but it's just frustrating when there's a, a borderline penalty and it becomes like a 50 yard play. I, I hate seeing those cheap yards for fantasy. Just a couple of things I would like to see for fantasy. And you guys tell me about this. I think if you're a commissioner fantasy league, hopefully running on Yahoo, put a team in the playoffs. That's the top scoring team that doesn't autom- automatically qualify. I think every league should do this. If you even put two spots towards this, I'd be fine with it too. It's fully customizable on Yahoo. I, I think it's just one of the greatest uh, league tweaks you can make. Uh, Andy, how do you how do you sign off on that? I guess the only uh, this might be the closest I come to disagreeing with you on anything. Um, mm. And I, do, I don't disagree with the overall philosophy that that the highest scoring team in a league should definitely make the playoffs. I'm fine with that. I, I sometimes have a problem with the argument that the highest scoring non-playoff team should definitely make the playoffs because it is often um, a razor thin margin. It is often a team that we don't think of as being one of the more intimidating rosters in the league, right? So I'm um, if you're if you're like the fifth highest scoring team in the league and you didn't make the playoff field of six, I think that's fine. Um, I think that's totally fine. I do have a huge problem if you were the top scoring team. Okay, so maybe some qualifiers, maybe some qualifiers to it that you have to be over a certain threshold of scoring rank before you actually get that spot. 
it's often the third highest scoring team though, Andy, or something like that. I, I've done that rule for my home leagues the last 20 years. I, I love it. And, and the problem with that is a little tricky because that's often a very good team with that six seed. So then the next step is you don't want to make it unfair for the one seed. So assuming you have two buys, what we've settled on is letting the higher opponent pick, letting the higher seed pick their opponent. Um, because that's also just that's a whole trash talking part aspect yeah, too. Love, Careful you wish that. for. Like so that's what we've settled on for that part, as opposed to like we did like a fake ten point home field advantage, and that was always you know wasn't quite perfect either. But yeah, I, I love adding the, the reward. I mean, the head to head aspect of football is what makes it fun, but it's also a million times less fair than a rotisserie uh, fantasy league. So I do like adding that final playoff spot points total. That's a must for me. Bingo, head to head, more fun. Total points, more fair. What the main league I run does is six teams make the playoffs by um, one loss record. Total points is the tiebreaker. The first two teams get get buys in the first round. And then three, four, and five qualify. The next highest scoring team that wouldn't otherwise be in the playoffs qualifies. And then I reseed teams three through six because it's not fair to the third seed that you should play maybe some juggernaut that get unlucky. One, you know, Maybe the highest scoring team didn't make the playoffs. You throw them in as a six seed. It's not fair to the three seed. It's not fair to the one seed. So we reseed after we determine who those three to sixes are. But I also like that idea of picking opponents. And I hope baseball considers this as baseball is looking to expand its playoffs. I love the idea of whether it's picking opponents, whether it's letting a team with a better seed already have a win in the bank, right? You can't just add teams willy-nilly and and then say to the teams, okay, the regular season doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what seed you are. You're all kind of like the same. You have to give incentives so that teams always want to finish higher in the standings, right? Whether it's in fantasy or whether it's in a real sports league, talk about something that like is is the is the spark of a rivalry that that then goes on for years. I mean, it's it's picking your opponent because um, that's what an insult, right? Like if I'm like, so, oh man, so I'll take Del Don. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, love the picking definitely. opponent. Yeah, we need more of that in life. And uh, I wouldn't pick either one of you guys. You guys are tough to beat, but uh, there are people I would certainly pick. I'm not going to mention anybody and start a rivalry, but I'm sure it will happen soon enough. Another thing I would do to improve fantasy, really simple, start more players. Every league should start three receivers. Every league should have a flex or two. And because then what happens is if there's an outlier performance, you know, your, your player gets hurt in the first quarter or your opponent has some guy who goes off for 40 points, that means less if there's more players playing. And then you have to just have more of the root for. There's more interest and more different, more variety of games. I, I, I look. I get it that everybody comes in with a different level of sophistication. How much time they want to spend on it. I'm not saying it, your league has to start 19 guys or something like that. You know, I'm not saying you have to play IDP, which actually I don't particularly care for myself anyway. But I don't see why three receivers can't be standard. I, I don't see why every league can't have a flex. I'm, I'm also pro super flex. Not everybody is. But whatever your league is, I, I'm telling you, if you added one more starter next year, I think you'd have a better league for it. Dalton, what say you? Oh, I totally agree. Um, and, and anyone can still win your league in fantasy football, but it does tend to help uh, you know, decrease variability the more players. And, you know, one, an injury won't affect you as much as well. So, yes, I, I've done that in my home leagues as well. Even when it's more novice players, I think you can add, uh, go ahead and, and expand it. And I, I think it, it, it's more enjoyable. And you're, as you said, more players to root for on Sunday, too. Yeah, Scott, I, I think you, you hit on a really important qualifier there, which is that there, there, there are a lot of casual leagues out there, right? There's a bunch of family leagues out there. There's a bunch of eight-team leagues out there. Like the, We have this sort of vast majority of the fantasy universe that we don't address a lot in podcasts and in a lot of analysis, right? Because maybe, maybe they're not the people that are consuming a lot of fantasy content either. But I don't know that it's something that I would do for every league, right? If it's just you and the kids and your sure. in-laws and like it's a big family affair, I don't think I would do something like this. But if I'm playing for, you know, if I'm playing for real money, if I know that we're going to be talking all year, right? Like if it is a seriously hardcore competitive league and I feel like everybody in it is going to be engaged for the full season. I want as many active roster spots as possible. Yeah. Give me, give me two quarterbacks. Give me three receivers. Give me three flexes. Uh, I'm, I don't want to eliminate any position. Give me two tight ends. I'm, I'm all for it. The, the deeper the league, the, the sort of the truer, the champion. Yeah. It goes without saying super flex is great. I also prefer the, the salary cap drafter, if you want to call it an auction over a standard draft. Again, you, you know, some leagues are more casual than others. You, you make a great point. You know, if you're, just finding a way to get the neighborhood kids together and, and have a neighborhood league. I'm not saying you get to overtax everybody. I mean, let's just bring everybody in slowly. But 
Um, so play to your play to your league, play to the preferences. You know, there's no wrong way to play fantasy. I just think if it's more if it's a more competitive hardcore league, that adding more players is the way to go. I'm gonna I saved the best for last. This has been a podcast where we talked about Aaron Rodgers' big contract. We talked about Russell Wilson, you know, monumental trade. But let's get to the real important stuff: kickers. Should kickers be in fantasy football? I'm not going to argue with people over this, but I prefer that I'd prefer to keep them in the game. I mean, they are involved in scoring plays, so I want to start more players. But I would also keep the kicker, Andy. You keeping the kicker? You dumping the kicker? I think it's outrageous that there is a ban kickers movement. Um, I, I think it's I think it's ugly, and I think there's like no joke. I think there's like a little element of sort of toxic masculinity to it as well, right? Like kicking is. Kicking is an essential part of the game, has always been an essential part of the game. Field goals used to be back in the day, like turn of the century over 100 years ago, um, used to be actually worth more than touchdowns. Um, It is I hear all the time from the PPR people that um, receiving is a skill. And so we have to reward it. Well, kicking is a skill. It's an essential skill. I'm fine with tweaks to kicker scoring, right? Like I don't, I don't know that we ever need a field goal to be worth five points, six points. I don't know that we need huge distance bonuses, anything like that. But I do think it should be, uh, I do think it should be in the game. Also, uh, one of my favorite settings in Scott Fishbowl last year was the fact that we could use kickers in the flex. I loved it. Even if you get rid of the kicker position altogether, I, I would advocate uh, the the possibility of kickers in a flex spot. It you know in a nasty bye week, it's super helpful sets up a bunch of really interesting decisions. So uh, it goes without saying that I think kickers should be kept in fantasy football, yes. I'm glad you mentioned Scott Fish. One thing he does every year is he tries to find a way to make every position of interest while you're drafting. And it's not this whole, the first round of of a Scott Fishball draft is not, you know, 11 running backs and three receivers or whatever it is. I know it's going to shift a little bit next year, but uh, he's always trying to find a way to kind of warp your head but in a good way and, and and plus he stands for so many things that we're in favor of he's such an altruistic guy and somebody who's looking to help others less fortunate so much love to scott fish uh dalton you uh you're going to keep kickers or uh kickers to the curb i don't have a strong kickers take if you want to use kickers in your league fine by me i'll draft money mac early this year evan mcpherson <laughs> like that guy number one on everyone's board um sure i yeah i really don't have a strong take. i'll, I'll do I'm, I'm cool i understand why people want to get rid of them and i'm, I'm cool i like the, the fractional scoring man why can't it just be a 36 yard field goal 3.6 points it should be should be as simple as that when this comes to scoring. i do like fractional scoring too and i actually think that a, a longer kick should be worth more than a shorter kick, but you know, no, no reason to go into a deep argument on that. That's going to wrap up our friendly little Tuesday show. We got breaking news in the middle of it. We got new sound effects. This has been a wonderful time with my buddies. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Dalton Del Don, Andy Barons, I got the underscore between Scott and Pianowski. And of course, make sure you're following Yahoo Fantasy for all the good stuff there. On Thursday, Liz Loza, Matt Harmon, they're going to be talking scouting combine recap they're going to have yahoo sports draft expert eric edholm who's a great american on that program until then straight cash homie One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.